With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting there with co-host Keith Myers into the final stretch of the NFL 2022 draft season and uh, in this show Keith has put together the Keith Myers final (laughs) 4.0 mock draft of the season and we're going to discuss it so how you doing Keith I'm doing good Uh, we got about what is it a week and a half until draft day it's just starting to get fun a week Um, and a half what three three days four days yeah, four days. I don't know. I'm off by a week. Everything's off by a week. We have four <laughs> days until draft day. <laughs> four days, yeah. Uh, yeah. Three three um, days by the time the show comes out. So, yep. Yeah. So we are, um, we're, we're right there. So, yeah. So I put together uh, a mock draft for us um, for today's show. And I thought we'd go through it and kind of look. It's a seven round draft um, and just look at the Seahawks picks and how all of that worked out. Um, yeah. So I helped you out a little bit. I made a couple slides to to help us get through this because uh, first of all, I wanted to talk about the trades that you made up front mm-hmm. to kind of get this thing in motion. So let's put that up and you can kind of walk through them with us. Well, one of the things that um, when I went into this, that that first trade with uh, New Orleans was what this whole draft was going to be about. And that's if you're New Orleans, you don't make the trade that they did with the Eagles to get that extra um, first round pick that's in the middle there, unless you have a strategy, right? They they made that trade um, a month ago for a reason. And uh, the reason 
typically in that kind of situation is that they have a trade in mind. They have a trading partner in mind. And what will happen is if the player they want is available, um, when the trading partner gets on the clock, they'll go through that um, prearranged trade. And that is what I looked at here is can, would the Seahawks be uh, potentially that team that they would trade up for? And so to make that work, um, Seattle would trade back from nine to 16. They would also get 19 overall and a sixth round pick um, 194, which they don't have a sixth round pick. That's kind of why that one was included. And yeah, then New Orleans, nice. New Orleans would get, um, the ninth overall pick and the 41st overall pick. So, um, and it worked out pretty well. I don't know if the CX would have to give up the 41st overall in order to make this work with New Orleans in real life, but within the, in the draft simulating program that, um, we use, it required it. So I went ahead and threw it in. Yeah. Well, and it put you into, to the levels of the draft that, um, that you wanted to be in and we still have a pick at 40. Um, so mm -hmm. you're still going to get some value there. And in addition to that, uh, that three ninety-two pick overall third round 92 pick kind of put us in a spot as well where we weren't before. So I like it. I like, the yeah. So, so that's the second trade. Um, I traded down again from, um, from nine. So I had 16 and 19. I traded the 19th down to the 22nd. So I ended up picking at 16 and 22 and got that 92nd overall pick, um, from the Packers. So that ends up with 10 total draft picks for the Seahawks, um, including two in the first round, one in the second, two in the third. Um, that seems so, about that seems about right. That seems yeah. like, you know, John Schneider's going to leave this draft with 10 or 11 picks. And mm -hmm. this is this is a, a good way to get there. So. All right. So um, I made a slideshow. And uh, we'll see if it works. Uh, because I normally don't make slideshows, so we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna try the slideshow. Well, your first and, one worked, so we'll yeah, go with that. Yeah, we'll try that. All right. And then so I also here, have all the information here, um, so we can talk about who is available, who wasn't, and all of that stuff. Perfect. Um, as we get to each pick. All right, Seahawks are on the clock at sixteen. And at sixteen, here, here's the pick. All right. Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa, um, probably the number three left tackle prospects got attitude, work ethic, everything that you'd want out of a left tackle. He's kind of a perfect one for Seattle in terms of his, he's a mauler. He's a good run blocker. Um, he's a guy that Bill and I both really like, and he was sitting there and this, this pick was really easy to do, especially at 16. It's good value. Um, the other players that were kind of sitting there in that same range um, that were available weren't ones that I was excited about um, picking. And was, so, was Jordan Davis by any chance sitting there? No, Jordan okay. Davis went 14 to um, uh, Baltimore. Jermaine Johnson went 12 to mm -hmm. um, Minnesota. So, yeah, I mean, you can get yourself in a little bit of a trouble if you trade out of that nine because you're mm -hmm. gonna you're gonna pass on a couple of these blue chipper guys at the at the top, and you're gonna get solid uh, player in its place, but you're picking up additional value in the draft. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the idea. Well, and I personally think Trevor Penning's a blue chipper, so I went with it. Um, I thought that worked well, and we've talked about that. I mean, he's just right there. 
Mm-hmm. And um, he's definitely the kind of player that I think Seattle likes. He's athletic, super athletic. And um, I think he just kind of fits the mold for the Seahawks going forward. Kind of gives that team a little bit of an edge on offense, mm-hmm. which they've been lacking since Marshawn Lynch left. Yep. All right. Um, let's go with the next one. So the next pick's down at 22. Um, Let me see if I can get this to work, Keith. It shows it's it's working, but we're gonna try this. It still Hold says on. sixteen um, from know. what I see. <laughs> okay, I'll just while you're while you're playing with that, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll go through and talk. So at twenty second, uh, the twenty second overall pick, um, Traylon Burks, the wide receiver, just went at twenty. Kenny Pickett just went it at. I'm oh, sorry, Traylon Burks went at twenty one. Kenny Pickett or went at um, twenty. Chris Olave went at um, at 19, which is who the Green Bay Packers traded up to get their wide receiver that they needed um, after, you know, their big offseason trade. Um, what that meant was that uh, I had my pick of uh, three three cornerbacks of, of players that I wanted. And I went with um, Kair Elam, uh, cornerback out of Florida. I love that pick. He's... Six two four three eight speed, um, ball hawk. Just there's very little not to like um, about him as a cornerback. He did there. His tape people are worried because that there seems like there's some concentration lapses. But uh, I think that good coaching and you know good teammates accountability they can uh, rein that in and and get the most out of him. Um, and so. I think he's the the second most physical corner in this draft, uh, next to Gardner, and the one of the stickiest guys. I mean, he's mm-hmm. a press man guy; can get up in your face, push you back a little bit. He's 196, 200 pounds, six two. He's got the length, and it shows up on the field. It's not like he's this guy that doesn't have the the tools. He's got the length and the tools. He's kind of a ready made guy. Somebody else in the draft, uh, Woolen, later on got similar length even longer athletic upside but doesn't quite yet have the tool package yet and that's why um Elam's a great pick here so tell me this tell me the strategy that you had in your mind where you wanted to get corner at, at uh in the first round and you made a trade to get this pick as opposed to waiting uh into the second third round for that well i mean i made the trade because i thought that getting two first rounders was was gonna make make it work and and having that trade partner of you know have with the saints trying to get up into nine to get malik willis which is what they did they traded up traded away two first round picks for the ninth overall pick to get their quarterback um it gave me an opportunity to get two good players the left tackle is the biggest need on this roster right now other than quarterback but i'm not addressing quarterback because i don't like any of the quarterbacks in this draft um the second biggest need on this roster was um corner and elam just he's a an elite corner who probably on day one now is the best corner on this roster and he's Um, 20 years old yeah, yeah he's only he's only 20 super young um and i just it was a lot of value. I know that the CX don't typically take corner early, but they did work out sauce Garner um, for a reason. Like they, if he's there at nine, they'll probably take him. And he wasn't there at nine. He went five overall. So um, the second best corner, uh, well, no, I'm not second best because Derek Stingley jr. Is probably the second best, but 
to he me, this have was, the length that the Seahawks like. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, Elam is is right there as the third. Maybe if you want to go, Trent McDuffie out of Washington is the third, and and Elam is the fourth. But at, at that point, you know, you're going to find disagreement among scouts as um, those guys seem fairly equal. And the fact mm-hmm. that I was able to get him at 22, it's a huge upgrade where the Seahawks need oh, a massive upgrade. And so it just made a lot of sense to, to go ahead and, and pull the trigger there. And I was actually kind of glad that I did because in the other spots in the draft, it didn't seem like there were cornerbacks that I liked that were good value. So it turned out that it worked out really well for me. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of of going offensive tackle and cornerback. I think that those are two positions that you're going to look at in the first round, um, and you you nailed them. Uh, the other the other one that's obvious is you know uh, defensive end, edge rusher, mm-hmm. and if they're just not sitting there, you don't feel comfortable with the talent there. Maybe you want to go find somebody later on. Uh, let's let's see what happens. So, what's the next one? All right. So the next pick is forty, um, and. This one, depending on who you ask, this might be a bit of a reach, but I went with defensive lineman, pass rushing specialist, um, interior pass rushing specialist, um, Perry and Winfrey, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Um, this is a pick he, that he's you, been on your radar for a long time. Yeah, he has been. He's a guy that um, you and I both really like. I think that an interior pass rusher, someone who can get up the field um, not coming around the edge, but just come right up the middle, be- split the guard and the, the center and stop the quarterback from being able to step up away from the defensive ends um, will really make that defense better. And that's who Perry and Winfrey is. He's a guy that rushes the passer up the middle. And I just think he's going to be one of those assets that the team really needs. And for him to get him at 40, I thought that was good. I kn- probably could have traded down again and got him a little lower, but I wasn't willing to risk it. He was there and he's a guy I wanted. Yeah. You know, and the other guy that's in the kind of the same pocket is Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt was more of a run stuffer at the, uh, in, at Georgia and needs to develop the pass rushing stuff, but he's got the tremendous athletic upside. This guy was more of the pass rush guy. Uh, just going to work on his in the run a little bit, but he's even a bigger prospect than than Wyatt is, and I think he's got it in him. Well, and Wyatt went twenty fifth to Buffalo um, in this draft, right. and so right. that that left me with the, um, you know, I, the, he wasn't there, but there were other options 
This um, guy's so long spot. too. I just yeah. like I, I like uh, Perrin Winfrey as a prospect just because he has all the tools. Yeah, and I think he's just he's kind of moldable a little bit. He really came out of the Senior Bowl as far as his mentality, wanting to be a leader on the defensive line, and just kind of owning uh, the offensive lines there at, uh, in Mobile. That was kind of opening for me with him. All right, Keith. Um, so after that, since there's only the one pick in um, round two because of the earlier trade, um, the CX didn't pick again until 72 in this draft. Uh, and that's in round three overall. So in this one, I was stuck looking at this with a couple of guys that I really liked. Um, and I had to pick one. That was harder to pick than I thought it was going to be. I ended up with um, Kenneth Walker the third, the running back out of Michigan State. Uh, the Seahawks need. I think this is the first time that you, we we've talked about Kenneth Walker. I think yeah in this show. So Kenneth um, Walker is he's a guy with breakaway speed. He's got like that four four two I believe speed. Um, so he's got four, that four three eight four three eight. So yeah. Um, he's got breakaway speed, which one of the things the CX liked about um, Penny when they drafted him was his ability to take um, a run. And if they give him a crease, he can turn, you know, an eight yard run into an 80 yard run. And uh, Walker can do that. And whereas mm -hmm. the other guy, um, Spiller, which was the other um, running back that really fits Seattle's system. He's perfect for an outside zone running game, which Seattle likes. Um, to do and and those kind of things, he runs like a four six, four six six. It was I was surprised at at it was his, disappointing. It was really disappointing, and so I went with Walker, who's got who's the speedier guy. Now that wasn't necessarily a, um, it's not so necessarily a great pick for Seattle in terms of they if they want someone who can you know grind between the tackles the way uh, Chris Carson used to, but. I, they're yeah. becoming more of an outside zone team. And so um, Walker just kind of fit what fits that. And yeah. they've got interior power uh, on the roster. And so uh, I just felt like it was a good fit. And yeah, Spiller's lack of speed just bothered right. me enough that I, I, I decided to pass on him and go with Walker the third, just because I think he's a better prospect because he's got those wheels to take things deep. You know, he's actually risen up to be, you know, even passing Brees Hall in some boards um, and some people's mocks. Uh -huh. um, and Kenneth Walker III is is what you would describe as more of an elusive running back uh -huh. um, as opposed to a power guy. But he's, he has 5'10", 210 pounds. He could probably put on an additional five pounds and not lose too much athleticism. He's just shifty as can be, though. You watch him on film. He he has very good instincts. He He cuts make spin moves uh guys have a hard time getting their uh hands on him he's kind of one of those guys you know he's not going to be a guy that's a, a tackle breaker although he does break tackles um but just not by sheer force he just he's really kind of uh, dances around a little bit while moving forward and um i like the pick i think it's a good fit especially if rashad penny only stays another year this mm -hmm. would be the, this would be the guy to take over in 2023 for sure this um is, they just need a running back like the, they do. They the, do. the the Carson Penny combo of always injured running backs. It's not a combo anymore. Like I know they're both on the roster right now, but I don't expect that to be true in the season. They need a guy that's dependable. 
neither of those other guys is dependable going and getting a running back in this draft. It seems to be a necessity. And so that's why he's on there. Okay. So you're going to love this next pick. Okay. Round three pick 92 overall um, Channing Tindall linebacker out of Georgia. I do like that pick. That's a great value. That's that that perfect spot where I'm glad you picked up that pick because that's where you're going to get this guy. Mm -hmm. It was part of, part of the idea was that hoping that he would be in there and honestly, you look at the people who um, came after that. Brian Osamoa, the second, um, the mm-hmm. linebacker out of Oklahoma, went 97, five picks later. Is really the only one that I would have considered um, a good pick in that range. Um, otherwise, I probably would have been reaching if he had been gone, um, unless it was unless someone like I don't know. Ed Ingram or someone dropped because Tyndall got picked, but it was, it was kind of that spot. This is a guy with incredible speed uh, at linebacker. He's an outside linebacker. He's going to be, you know, the weak side linebacker. He might play in the middle if, if the Seahawks go, go to a true three, four. Um, But the guy's just got incredible speed and his ability to get sideline to sideline. His coverage skills are excellent. just he's the type of playmaker at linebacker that this team needs, given that they've lost Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright the last two years. Do you see him playing more of an outside off the ball kind of role for the uh, Seahawks then? Yeah, I think um, with that speed and yeah, use have his speed, use his speed at the um, in the old KJ Wright role and with with uh, Brooks moving and his speed moving inside because he's a little bigger and more of a thumper um, at the middle linebacker spot. And so basically you end up with a, ta- you'd end up with a tandem of um, Brooks and Tyndall to replace um, Wagner and Wright. It just took a couple of years to, for them to, to get yeah. all the pieces. Yeah. Yeah. This is a guy, I mean, when you talk about four, four, seven speed, I think is where he was at the combine. And then he plays kind of like a safety almost. He can drop back mm-hmm. into coverage. He really hits and thumps. Uh, but that's the speed. It's the sideline, the sideline stuff, the agility. Pete Carroll's going to fall in love with a guy like this off the defending uh, national champion uh, Georgia defense. Home run hit, dude. Nice. Yeah. That was one of my favorite picks of this draft. I'm not going to lie. Best value. Um, so the next pick came in round four, um, pick 109. And um, Kirby Joseph, the safety out of Illinois, He's a guy with a lot of scheme diversity. He can um, cover in the slot as a cornerback. He can drop back into uh, coverage as a free safety and be a deep guy. He's a guy that can come up yeah. and um, can, and hit people near the line of scrimmage. He was also the first of four straight safeties that were picked. The next the next three picks wow. after Kirby Joseph were Nick Cross, Brian Cook, and Verone McKinley the third. Um, mm. so they, yeah, first of four straight safeties, which I thought was weird. <laughs> well, this guy's amazing. I mean, I think he's underrated and you know, he's really long. So he's like six, one, yeah. 200, but he's got an 80 inch wingspan and, um, he runs what a four, five, Oh, 40, which is plenty fast for that size He's scheme diverse. You mentioned that I think he can play up in the box. He can also drop back for you into coverage, play a little bit of a big slot. He's going to be able to be a you know in that too high thing. He's got enough recovery speed there. He can mm-hmm. cover your line, your uh, 
tight ends and your running backs uh, definitely uh, more than adequately. And it, it's a it's a great value at in the fourth round. Um, I think this is kind of where you look for these type of players. You know, the the Channing Tindalls and now the Kirby Josephs. Their their utility uh, Swiss Army knife kind of players in your defense, and I like it. Yeah, and and speed. Well, I mean, that's one of the things this defense needs is to increase its overall team speed. And um, the Tyndall, uh, Joseph, and Elam pick earlier, those are, these are all guys mm. with serious wheels. Um, the defense got faster with those picks. I can't even tell you how disappointed I will be if the Seahawks don't get faster out of this draft because it's almost impossible. There are so many good players, both on offense and defense, that have 4-4, sub-4-4 speed. It's just crazy. Mm -hmm. So love to get a couple of guys like that. All right, here we go. What's next? So the next pick is, actually, I had two picks in a row in round five. Um, And just going in and and knowing that I had those two picks in a row, um, first pick was Alec Lindstrom. He's a center out of Boston College. you know, he Zion, what's his last name? Johnson. Um, Johnson, you know, is a higher ranked prospect going to go probably in round two. I think in this draft, he did go in round two. Um, whereas Lindstrom is in round five, but given the, I mean, that's a lot of value. It's a lot of, a lot of picks between here and there to get a guy who can come in and play center. And we know that Fuller who's currently the backup is terrible. He's just not an NFL center. We saw that last year. Uh, They've got to upgrade the position, and Lindstrom does that for them. Um, okay, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, this guy just has the perfect size for what Seattle wants to do. Um, we brought in Austin Blythe, you know, the, the former Rams center, kind of mm-hmm. the same sort of measurables at 6'3". He's this, uh, Alec Lindstrom's 294, but he's super athletic. I think he ran a uh, sub 5.040 at the Combine. Yeah, it was like 4'8". Uh, 488. Yeah, just kind of opened some eyes there, I think. Um, mm-hmm. As far as getting to the second level, um, being a student of the game and um, good solid pick. I mean, he may not start right away because we do have Austin Blythe. We'll see how that goes, that competition. But I think that he'd be a guy that would be able to come right away, in right away, where you could say there's a competition. Um, yeah. And and he's he'd a, be in line next year when uh, Blythe's contract's no longer around. And yeah, a he's, kick, a, kicks in he's and a fifth starts. round. He's a fifth round pick, so you don't expect him to start right away. Exactly. Um, but I think he can develop into someone who you can really depend on. I mean, he's a little undersized, um, and that's not necessarily what you want in a division where you have to play hmm. uh, a guy like Aaron Donald twice a year. Uh, you know, but there's there's other ways that you can you know address that. Uh, and I just think that this looks. He's a guy that I like in the in just seem like good value. If the, there's a the, player outside of Seattle's organization that you mentioned the most is, is that guy. And um, I want him to go away. Aaron Donald. I, I just hear that <laughs> name out of your mouth too many times a year <laughs> as a, as a deficit, as a thing that we're behind the eight ball a little bit on as our, but as our every, franchise. Every NFL team is. I know. He's so good. And I and I say that as a Seahawk fan who hates playing against him, but loves watching him when he's playing someone other than Seattle. He is so damn good. We had talked about Zion Johnson earlier. Linderbaum's the other guy in the in the first mm-hmm. round. Would you go back into the first round and get a guy like Linderbaum, which would be kind of the, you know, A plus grade at the in the center class of of this um, 
of this draft as opposed so to, to waiting to, and getting value? Well, to, to do that, you'd have to, I guess if, if you traded 40 um, and another pick and moved up um, into like 31 or 32, Tyler Linderbaum went 31 to the Bengals in this draft. Um, and I just, his arms are a little short mm-hmm. and he's come up with that injury in the bowl game. I'm, I'm just not sure I would take him there, uh, especially given that they signed Blythe. I think they can wait in this and um, go ahead and, and get value rather than, you know, losing a pick to trade up and that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess if you wanted to go and try and get Tyler Smith out of Tulsa and convert him from guard to center, um, you could have done that. Mm. But Perry and Winfrey was just too, um, too important to get at 40 uh, to make that move. So I just think for a night they've got a tackle, then they turn around here, they get the center, um, that's kind of the, you know, the two offensive linemen that I want them to get in this draft. And it just kind of worked. Like, and you didn't, you didn't without pressing. I mean, it's just, it, yeah. it, you, you, it just came to you and that's the kind of the way you want the draft to, to go um, mm-hmm. ideally. So that's good. All right, here we are back to back, back to back pick. So the very next pick that was 152. This is 153 still in round five. Um, Michael Clemens, the edge rusher out of Texas A&M. This guy's a project. He is athletically freaky he is not as mm-hmm. um, productive as as his athletic freakishness would suggest. Um, but oh my god, the potential! Mm-hmm. This, this pick was out of potential. It was either going to be him or Isaiah Thomas, who's an edge player out of Oklahoma. Thomas is more he's he's more well defined, and you might get more production out of him at day one. But he's got a lower ceiling. Clemens just has that higher ceiling. Mm-hmm. We're picking in we're picking in round five. Yeah, why is he staying around? Effect. Why is he staying around until round five? What what deficits does he have in his game um, just, that that Seattle needs to kind of work on? He really needs to just develop his um, pass rush moves. He um, basically tries to win with speed and just get around people, but he doesn't he doesn't bend around the corner the way you'd like him to. Um, but he's got the ability to win with a bull rush. He's got the strength and size to do that. He's got the ability to um, use his hands and, and switch up and maybe come inside, you know, set people up with an outside move and then come come back to the inside, things like that. And he just doesn't do it. He just runs around the edge over and over and over again. And it's going to take time to develop him. He's got crazy athleticism, but he needs seasoning. He needs coaching. Yeah. Yeah. And if they can coach him up, He's just, it's a really high potential. So I went ahead and, and, um, and made that, that move over a guy like Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. I mean, this is just an embarrassment of riches because, you know, a guy like this got 83 inch wingspan, 6'5, 270 pounds, run a 4'6, 240. I think he can probably get under 4'5'8 or something like that. I read someplace uh, on another site. Um, And uh, it's just a guy to add to the pile. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I really like the idea of of bringing these guys in. Um, you had talked about how difficult it is to find guys that can set the edge in a three four, and, and this would be one of those guys. So he'd yeah. just kind of come in and, and see if he can work himself into a rotation. So I like it. Okay, cool. Um, now, so then we're now the the area of the draft we didn't have before the draft, and we had it after you made the trades. Yeah. So um, pick one ninety four, which is round six. The six don't currently have a sixth round pick. Part of 
um, when I made that first trade, yeah, it was it was moving up and and getting um, to or moving down, but also moving up from forty one into nineteen to get that second um, that second first round pick. But the other nice thing about that particular trade was that it got me this one because the six don't have a sixth round pick, and there's this pocket of talent in here that's worth um, considering and looking at. And if you can get them get it as a throw in for um, you know in a bigger trade. You got to do it because as and, it stands now, the Seahawks pick at five, one fifty four, and then they have to wait until the seventh round, like yeah. pick two twenty nine, right? So yep. that's a big gap. So in this in this um, draft, I went ahead and got Kevin Austin Jr., who's a wide receiver out of Notre Dame. He's kind of more of a weapon than a wide receiver. Really, not a polished um, route runner, but he's six two. He's got speed. He's um, really strong, good hands. Although on the deep balls, cause he can get deep. Um, he tends to let the ball come into his body a little more than I'd like, but, uh, that might be coachable because he doesn't do that in the shorter, in the shorter passes. It's just for some reason when he's, uh, going deep, he likes to do that. So, uh, I don't know. It's just a, at sixth round pick. Plus this guy's like, with his size and speed, he's an instant special teams like mm-hmm. contributor. Mm-hmm. And he's another guy with wingspan. I mean, here's a wide receiver at 6'2", 209. He's got an 80-inch wingspan, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just all, he's arms. just arms, and he can just go up and get stuff. High point. As soon as he learns how to do that, you, you mentioned that uh, deficiency in his game. Yep. He could end up being, a you know, your fourth wide receiver and, and just kind of a specialist to go down and get some red zone targets and all that kind of stuff. Plus he's one of those teams. with the physical attributes, you know, there's nothing stopping him from becoming a – number two wide receiver over after a couple of years mm-hmm. um if That's he's so coachable true. and if he's if he's trainable because they're the deficiencies in his game aren't he's not fast enough or he's not big enough or he can't jump high enough um, or he just gets beat physically none of those things are true he needs to um he needs to learn how to get the ball at its highest point instead of waiting for it to come down to him and you know things like that which you can coach those things and yeah you know i think that it's a good spot for him and he should be able to you know do that and he's, there's no pressure on him to perform right away because he will be this team's fifth wide receiver yeah uh, i like year. it so most projections having him go um you know at the back end of the sixth or early seventh so getting mm-hmm. him at 194 you kind of get a jump on that and ensure that you've you've got him in here i i we've talked about him before and mocked him a, a couple different times and I just think he's kind of a perfect fit in that area of the draft where the guy needs some work, but he's got all the athletic upside that you could ever want. And you bring him in, you kind of see what, what he's what he's all about. I think it's perfect. All right. Yeah. And then, okay, so then after that, we're just down into round seven. I went with uh, Trey Turner, uh, wide receiver out of Virginia Tech. This guy is got a lot of long speed. He's a deep threat, not much else. Um, really a developmental project who, again, can contribute on special teams right away. He might not make the roster right away. He might end up mm-hmm. in the practice squad initially, um, especially with having picked, taken a receiver just before that. But this was one of those, I was just, you look at the guys and you're like, okay, of, of the people who are left, mm-hmm. um, who's the one who's most likely to make the roster because of special teams ability? You're picking in round seven. You're not getting a starter. Um, maybe not, at least not right away, right? So 
pick a guy with with upside and his ability to, to contribute to special teams um, right away. And that's where I went with um, with Trey Turner. Nice. Yeah, you could have gone, you know, a few different ways. Safety, corner, uh, mm-hmm. developmental quarterback, another offensive lineman to work on. You know, we're, you could always use a tackle or whatever. Um, a kicker. I mean, you could have gone a lot of different ways. I was curious about the back-to-back wide receivers, but I get it. It's just one of those best athletes available picks almost. And you, yeah. just, you get I, you get that guy. I looked for Cade York, who's the best kicker in this draft and probably the only draftable one. Um, he went the last pick around six to the Jaguars. Um, yeah, as far as like safeties and, and that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, you're looking at like uh, Jacoby Durant, who's a cornerback out of South Carolina State. Uh, you know, maybe a, one of the linebackers, Percy Butler, the safety out of Louisiana Lafayette. Which they have, I mean, they have brought him in yeah. to look at. Yeah. Um, and so there, there, there were some other options. The the wide receiver was mainly just I was like out of all of the options that are here of guys that are still available which one do I like the best regardless of who I just picked and that's why I'm with, uh, Trey Turner I think it makes it makes total sense to me it makes total sense to me I think it makes sense to everybody <laughs> so what do you think all overall, right, so of, overall of my draft so there's the overall draft the Keith Myers 2022 mock draft so okay so I totally get the Trevor Penning trade down pick. I think that's uh, tremendous. I would have been disappointed if we trade down to 16, which is really kind of the back end of where I would want to trade down. And then nobody was available. Say Trevor Penning happened to come off the board early, and then you're sitting there floundering a little bit. You've got Jordan Davis is off the board. Uh, Jermaine Johnson's off the board. Everybody that fell out of the, you know, into the teens is kind of working their way off the boards. And you're just kind of stuck a little bit. And then you find yourself maybe even needing to trade down a little bit more just so that you don't overextend or you're reaching for somebody. That's my worst fear in this draft. So having Trevor Penning there for that pick was perfect. Career, uh, Kier Elam is one of my favorite picks in this draft. I watched him for probably 20 minutes this afternoon um, on, on a highlight reel. And he's just a playmaker. You know, he's mm-hmm. a guy that's a ball hawk. He knows how to uh, read the quarterback. Uh, he's very tight in coverage. He's got all the physical tools and traits to be your number one lockdown corner. And I think that's his role uh, in Seattle. So I'm really excited to get both those picks. Wasn't expecting to have two picks in the first round. So that's a great pocket <laughs> of the of the draft there where players just weren't available in any other mock that I think that we did. Uh, the Perry and Winfrey pick, obviously we've talked about that many times. Kenneth Walker surprised me. I was like, wow, there's a player, a running back in a position of need that we really haven't talked about very much. I was kind of excited to talk about him. Uh, Channing Tindall's value all over that. That could end up being the best pick in the draft long term. Kirby Joseph, you know, add to the pile of of all the safeties, um, super athletic. Alec Lingstrom could end up being the starting center long term after this year. Uh, Michael Clemens project. Austin Turner, Trey Turner, or Austin uh, and Turner uh, to round it out. I, yeah, I mean, it's a great pick. I would not be disappointed with those 10 players out of the draft, especially at the top. You know, the top four or five guys make the draft for sure. What do you think? Well, I was really pleased with the way this this draft fell. Um, Perry and Winfrey felt like a reach, but I didn't care because he's one of my favorite players. Um, and it's something that this team really needs. And there was just a lot of like, 
I thought you were gonna gonna get me for not getting an edge rusher earlier. Um, I really didn't. I mean, I, but I got an interior rusher with the idea that you've got um, you've next got a year's draft of, too. Well, and you've got a couple of edge players on the roster that will be significantly more uh, productive if there's an interior presence uh, to come in and 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 get up the middle and just make it so the quarterback can't escape. Um, and so, and that's why, what, what I went with there, but I did think you'd, 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 you'd ding me on that one. Um, I don't yeah, know. You know, the, the Elam pick makes up for it. I mean, that's, that's where you would have tried maybe mm-hmm. um, to get one of those premier guys. And it just, it just fell that way. And then, so by the time you're, you're picking Winfrey and Walker and Tyndall, you've got some choices there maybe, but then you're reaching a little bit. It just, it really depends on how the draft falls for the Seahawks. Um, I do expect them to draft an edge. Uh, we oh, yeah. obviously did in Michael Clemens with this draft. Uh, but if they want somebody that's going to have an impact right away, it's going to be in the top two picks uh, yeah. or three picks. And but I think we'll with offensive tackle and cornerback, um, they, they just have bigger needs. And so I went with that. Um, the other thing is Michael Clemens reminds me of Alton Robinson, um, who was picked in the fifth round a couple of years ago. Good things happen when he's on the field. He's a guy that that has made an impact the last two years and is just making a case that he deserves more playing time. But it's taken, you know, some time for some development for him to to show that. And Clemens and, he, and he's similar. one of those guys that could benefit from Perry and Winfrey being in there. Oh, he he will. He was one of the guys I was referring to. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that that's where I, I just I like that pick. But um, overall, like I like this draft. This isn't like where I went through and and did ten drafts and sent you the one that that <laughs> I liked the most. I literally did one draft and yeah. sent it to you, um, and it fell really nicely for me. Yeah, I like it. It did. Like I said, I'd be happy. I mean, I can't believe this thing's right on us right now. I know you said a week and a half earlier, but you were definitely in a fog. We're just a few few days away. It feels like a week and a half for me because I have a lot of stuff that I've got to do in the next couple of days before before I fly down and see you um, because we are going to be together on um, for all three days of the draft uh, down in in Phoenix. So that'll be a blast. that'll That'll be a lot of fun, actually. Okay, so let's get out of here. Thanks for putting all that together, Keith. I appreciate the work um, ahead of time. You can find Keith on Twitter, at MyersNFL. You can find me at NWCHawk. You can find the show. Find us on your favorite podcast platforms and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe and share it if you like it. So until next time, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.
Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.